Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? That was that was like a dude. As soon as you're done, I'm falling asleep in the bus. Like, good. Uh, yeah, good. All right. I gotta wake you up a little bit. We didn't get to do it last night, but we gotta we gotta do our word wave. Gotta wake up, shake it up, get ready to jump into the word. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna go like we're gonna go rapid fire. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna start over here, and we're gonna go across. Then everybody's gotta sit right back down, and then we're gonna go front to back. Everybody's gonna sit back down, and then we're gonna go left to right, and then everybody's gonna sit back down, and then we gotta go back to front. So we're doing like a big box, real quick, one after the other. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Word. All right, sit back, sit front to back. Ready? One, two, three, go. Word. All right, sit back down. Ready? This side, ready? One, two, three, go. Word. All right, sit back down, back to front. One, two, three, go. Word. All right, give me, give me like five seconds. Okay. okay. All right. You guys got pretty good at that, guys. This has been this has been so much fun. I've loved getting to getting to spend time with you. Um, it, it's always such an honor and a privilege, and I appreciate RVR so much. And I thank you guys for being so attentive and, and making this so much fun this weekend. Um, but I want you to understand something. You have spent all of. In the last 36 hours, you've spent two hours with me. And yet in the past 36 hours, your leaders, your, your youth pastors, your, your chaperones, they've spent the entirety of those 36 hours with you. And before that, they've invested countless hours, countless time pouring into you. So what you need to do right now on the count of three is you need to give a standing ovation, the biggest hoops and hollers, to that leader that's sitting right next to you, right behind you. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> Leaders, I, I appreciate you immensely, the, the work that you have been doing and continue to do faithfully. Uh, in the ministry. So guys, so excited to, to kind of close things out. It's bittersweet. I always love being able to dig into the Word with people, but it's a bummer that this is our last time. But even so, let's let's dig into it. Really looking forward to this morning as we round things out. So we have really gone on a, on a journey together this weekend, walking through this kingdom tapestry idea. And we've walked through some different concepts when it comes to this tapestry, trying to understand fully what God is trying to create. So we started out with that verse in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, that skill, that artistry, artistry that God has created you, an image of his creativity and power. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we're going to revisit that this morning, what this looks like going from here. And that theme from Friday night was that design, that we will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us 
if we can start by seeing why he wants you a part of the picture. And before I go any further, I want to challenge you guys. You may have been able to open your eyes, open your heart to what God had for you this weekend. And that might have begun with this ability to say, hey, I'm worth it. God views me as worth it. But I know all too well, your leaders know all too well, that most likely you guys will have, I don't want to assume, but I would think a lot of you would have off school tomorrow for for MLK Day, or or maybe it's going to be snowed out or or whatever it might be. But that temptation is going to be there come Tuesday about 10 o'clock. By the time you're a couple classes in, you're a couple of periods into school, and there was a comment here or there, and you start to think again, I'm not good enough. And there's going to be that temptation for those, those thoughts to creep back in that you'd start to lose sight of that design and God's desire for you to be part of that design. But those are the moments that you have to hide, tuck the word into your heart to grab onto and pull out in those moments. So we talked through that design. Then yesterday morning, we looked at Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. Now, I'm not going to reread this entire passage, but I want to skip ahead to that second portion, this underlined portion, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, the way a tapestry is done, We are all connected by that singular thread, Jesus, our foundation, who has woven us together, this last portion of this passage. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, Living Word, Grace Fellowship, Shrewsbury, you guys might actually have a little bit of overlap. Some of you might even go to the same school and you might not realize it. Now, we have no clue what God's going to do, but between Living Word and Shrewsbury, there might be opportunities where you never even cross, cross paths with some of the students from Grace Life in Virginia. And yet, you've already been woven together in God's story just through this weekend. And that can't be changed. That story has already been written. That is already cemented into the design. You are eternally connected to each other through Jesus, being built together. So we talk through the weaving, how God uses everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece. And through our own images, he connects us all together through himself. We have shared experiences and hurts and pains. And then last night, Ephesians 2, 13 through 16, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed. That we were once far off from God, but through the blood of Jesus, he brings us close. He draws us back to himself. That he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile, he might redeem, that word redemption, remember, he might rescue, reclaim, repossess, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. We talk through that sickness of sin that threatens to unravel the tapestry. 
that if we allow sin to infect us and spread through our lives and relationships, it will slowly pull apart that design. But Jesus can restore all that has been undone. So we've built up this beautiful image of this kingdom tapestry, but we're not done just yet. Where we need to finish is as you leave this morning, as you go back into the daily grind, we are left with a task, a challenge. The gauntlet has been laid down for us. And that task, you guys, it comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. When we talked about that redemption last night, that reconciliation, what's crazy about that is it doesn't stop there. That once we have been redeemed, once we have been reconciled to God, that reconciliation is then given over to us for us to then take into the world. Check this out, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. It's going to be up on the screen for you guys to follow along. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, a, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have a new life. Remember, God has plucked you up out of death. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us. He redeemed us, rescued us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ God, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, that phrase there, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are his representatives. We are the ones that are to go out into the world and tell the people around us about Jesus. So when we talked last night about this concept of redemption, that Jesus throws out a lifeline to us. He throws out a lifeline to us, and he's the one that pulls us back in. Now, I want you to follow me here in this concept of a lifeline. If you fall overboard and someone throws out that life ring to you, you got to be pulled back in. Here's what's so cool. Each and every one of us, we have the ability to kind of spread out across the ship and see where and when if somebody's fallen overboard. And we have the ability to throw out that lifeline. We have that ability to share the message of Jesus, to throw out that lifeline. And here's the cool part. After you throw out that lifeline, you get out of the way and you let God in his strength, you let Jesus in his power, he drags that person in, out of death and into life. But we have this incredible opportunity to join Jesus. Paul uses this, this, incredible, uh, this incredible concept of partnership. You partner with each other. You partner with God in carrying this ministry of reconciliation into the world. So we have this task of carrying this story of redemption, this story of reconciliation into the world. But guys, this is, this is kind of a scary task because I want you to listen to the words of Jesus here in John 14. This is hands down one of the scariest verses in my mind. John 14, 12, Jesus says this, 
to his followers. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Wait, 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 wait a second. We're supposed to do greater works than Jesus. That doesn't seem possible. We're supposed to do greater works than Jesus. Jesus, the creator God who came in the flesh, lived a perfect sinless life, brought people back from the dead, healed the blind, healed the deaf, the lame who couldn't walk, died, and then he himself came back from the dead. We're supposed to do greater things than that? Guys, what Jesus is saying here, you, we are not going to be able to outdo Jesus in quality. We can't heal somebody better than he did. We can't reach somebody. We can't share the gospel with somebody better than Jesus did. But guys, Jesus was talking about quantity. He was talking about to what degree, how much. Here's what's crazy about this. Over Jesus's three years, roughly three years in ministry, little secret here. If you ever wonder, well, how do we know how long Jesus's ministry was? You can actually track how many Passovers, one of the most crucial Jewish holidays, but throughout the four gospels, you can track how many Passovers does Jesus celebrate? So you can track how long his ministry was by looking at these different moments throughout his life. So for about three years as he does ministry, he leads only about a few hundred people to himself. And then he dies. Three days later, he comes back from the dead. After he comes back from the dead, he spends a little bit more time with his disciples, and then he leaves. So at this point, there's only a, there's only a few hundred people that have really kind of embraced this idea of Jesus. And then a few days later, in one singular sermon, one singular message, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, he gives a message and 3,000 people come to know Jesus. Does that make Peter better than Jesus? Absolutely not. But it's showing us that Jesus was telling the truth. Acts 2, verse 41 So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 thousand souls. That's right after Peter, one of Jesus's disciples, shares this message of Jesus. Now, I want to I kind of show you guys something. I want us to look at something together. All right, if you know this, if you know this riddle, I need you to do me a favor. I need you, I need you to stay quiet. All right. But if I were to offer you three million dollars right now, or a penny, which one would you take? Who says, who says three million? Who says a penny? Do you guys know this? Why, why, do, you, why do you say the penny? Feel like you'd be happier? Okay. All right. Man, you guys went super deep with this. You went super deep with us. All right, but there's a trick here. It's not that, are you saying three million? Okay, now wait, wait, wait. What's your name? Josh. All right, you take three million over a penny. Now, what if I told you the penny is a magic penny, and every day that that penny, oh, man. All right, but every, every, day, every day, every day for 30 days or 31 days, one month, 
that penny doubles. So day two, it's two cents and then four cents, and it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. After 10 days, you'd have $5.12. And you're thinking, oh, man, a magic penny or three million, and it's day 10, and I'm at five bucks? I should have taken the three million. At day 20, you have over $5,000. Well, oh, shoot, we only got 10 days left, and three million versus 5,000? But by day 31, you'd have over $10 million. And over $10 million. Now, guys, I want to show you something. I want you, to, I want you to check this out, okay? I want you to check this out. Josh, here, help me out. Right now, it's just me. I'm the only one standing. All right? I come over. Say you and I, we go get lunch. We have a conversation. I convince you to stand up. Now, let's say tomorrow, let's say tomorrow, say, well, we got lunch yesterday, so I'm going to go hang out with somebody else. So I'm going to go have lunch with him. You go have lunch with him. We convince you guys to stand up. Now there's four of us. Right? All right. Now each of you go pick one person. Tap them on the shoulder, and they're going to stand up. Just one person. Stand up. Okay. Now, now there should be eight of us, right? All right. Now the eight of us, Let's go pick one person, tap them on the shoulder. Pick one person. Quick, quick. Now there should be about 16 of us. Yeah? That looks about right. Now the 16 of us, pick one person, tap them on the shoulder. Oh, she went that way. All right, I'm going this way. And stand up. Hurry up, hurry up. Doesn't matter who it is. Now there's 32 of us. There's a lot of, shh, shh, shh. There's a lot of people still sitting. Don't wander too far from, this, from your seat. There's a lot of people still sitting. Each person, pick one more person. Hurry up. What are you doing? You got to stand. You got to stand up. All right, our, our number is growing pretty quick. I think, I think maybe one more go of it, but, but it looks like Grace Life has got to start wandering over to some of these other, other churches here. All right. Pick one person. Hurry up. Hurry up. All right, and let's see if we can pick out the last few remaining people who are still sitting. All righty. All right, wait a second, guys. Stay standing, stay standing. But, shh, shh. stay standing, but eyes on me, eyes on me. That took us maybe... I don't know, maybe like 10 rounds or something. Didn't take very long. To get all of us on our feet, maybe about 150 people. Now check this out. 150 people. If you found one person in the next month to have a conversation with about Jesus, to invite them to youth group, invite them to church, the next month we got 300 people. 
And then those 300 people, they go and find one person in February. And we did this once a month, just once a month, until we're back here next year, we'd have over a million people. Over a million people reached with the gospel. All right, quickly and quietly, make your way back to your seat. All right. Focus in, guys. Now, I want you to realize something. The way I started that, the way I started that, what did I say? It was simple as one lunch. Me and Josh, we went to, went to Chick-fil-A, got, got him some of the Lord's chicken. Okay, maybe, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe not Chick-fil-A, maybe Bojangles. But, wow, man, and just like that, they turned on me. Woo, okay, all right. Maybe Starbucks, maybe it's Starbucks, maybe Starbucks. All of, the, all of the high school female leaders were like, yeah, that's where I'm going. But guys, sometimes it's just that simple. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's as simple as a conversation or in that video, somebody you, you're right next to, you see them every single day and you don't realize that they are begging for somebody to reach out. But just one person a month, and by this time next year, we're at a million people, over a million people. It's actually, it's over 1,200 people. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. But, but how, how are we supposed to do this? How am I supposed to go and, and carry this ministry of reconciliation? Because remember that key verse from Friday night, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What are those good works? How am I supposed to walk in them? What does that look like? How do I do that? Uh, guys, I was actually having a great conversation uh, the other day, and it, oh, did he, did Brent take off? Oh, man. Well, guys, I was having a great conversation with Brent. He's one of like the key tech people here, um, and he does some, some awesome work here. But guys, can we give it up for the unsung heroes in the back? Aubrey and the rest of the RVR staff. <laughs> Done an incredible job. But I was, I was having an awesome conversation with, with Brent yesterday, and we were, we were talking about this concept. But guys, how many of you have ever felt like there was like a there was a secret you didn't know about? You felt left out of, of something. Like everybody else knew the secret of something and you just felt left out. Guys, I don't know about you, but but sometimes you can feel like there's gotta be, there's gotta be a secret. There's gotta be something to this Christian life thing. You know, I hear my youth pastor talk about reading the Bible and how cool it is and how it just comes to life, and and I just don't you know, I read the Bible and it feels like work or I read the Bible and it feels like a chore and I, and I pray and it just kind of feels weird. It doesn't make sense to me. Am I, am I missing something? But guys, I want to challenge you with this. We are usually making our walk with Jesus way more complicated than it needs to be. And it comes down to two very simple and yet extremely powerful passages in Scripture. Mark 12, 
How do we walk out these good works? What are these good works? How do I walk out these good works? Mark 12, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. There's no other commandment greater than these. So this first passage here, love God, love people. You think, wait, wait, it's got, it's got to be more complicated than that. Guys, I promise you. Now, yes, there are ways to help us love God more. How do you do that? You talk with him through prayer. You get to know him more by getting in the word. So yes, there are ways to love God more. In the same way, the way I love my wife more, I serve her, I wash the dishes, I take her out on a date. How do I love God more? I spend time with him, I talk with him. So yes, there are ways to love God more. There are ways to love people more. And I promise you, I guarantee you, I would, I would put money on the fact that your leaders, your, 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 your pastors throughout the year are, are meeting with you, talking with you on how to do that. But love God and love people in the second passage, this key passage, how do I live out? How do I live out these good works to walk in them? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples, make more followers of Jesus of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, guys, I love you, but I got to challenge you with this here. Okay, there is an epidemic going on in the church. There's an epidemic going on in Christianity. This passage is called the Great Commission. Go make disciples of all nations. I want you to understand something here. The church did not exist when Jesus gives this commandment. He gives it to his followers. He gives it to individuals. I need you to hear me. This is important. The Great Commission is not the job of the church. It is the job of the believer. The church exists for what? It says in Hebrews, never forsake meeting together as is the habit of some to build one another up in love and good works. So literally the purpose of this weekend, the purpose of gathering together for youth group, the purpose of gathering together for church is to get together and say, hey, I know you're tired, don't give up. I know you wanna stop, I know you're exhausted, but please keep loving God, keep loving people. Ian, I know it's frustrating, but I tell you, if you invite that bully out to lunch, I guarantee you a new relationship's gonna start and it's gonna be awesome. So the purpose of church, you guys, is to say, hey, keep going, keep moving, keep fighting, keep throwing out lifelines, and then we are supposed to scatter out into the world and fulfill the Great Commission to carry the message of reconciliation that's been given to each and every one of us to change the world. And before you know it, we are going to impact the entire world. So the concept from this morning, you guys, is God is weaving us together in this grand design, but the edges are unfinished. And we have the opportunity to reach out and pull people into this picture and start to weave them into this story to make them a part of God's story because they belong a part of God's story. God wants them a part of his story and he wants to use us to expand it. So what we've been dealing with, what we've been talking with this morning, the key passage for this morning, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, therefore be imitators of God 
as beloved, as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So that first passage from Friday night, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And now what are we seeing here? Walk in love. So what are those good works we're supposed to walk in? Walk in love. What kind of love? Love God, love people out of Mark 12. And do what? And tell people about that love. It is that simple. The answer is that simple. Is it easy to do? No, some days it feels like it's impossible. And that's why we have each other. Because our final point of this weekend, it's about the fringe, the edges of the tapestry. That is, we seek to love God and love people. We have the opportunity to be used by God to add on to the kingdom tapestry that God is weaving. And that example that we used this morning, just that idea, just that idea, the one person a month, and by this time next year, we're over a million people. And if you don't believe me that we can have influence, that we can have impact, I mean, come on, we, we have already made incredible impact. We influenced, uh, we influenced all of Marvel to name their next Spider-Man movie. I'm just saying. Or at least, at least Rufus Rumpelstiltskin picked it up, Rundlesack, whatever his name is. But guys, I have been so blessed, so encouraged to be here with you. But I challenge you, I encourage you that your, your journey, the, the weaving that God wants to do with you, the design that God is making in your life, that he is shaping within you, he's not done with you. He's not finished with you. He wants to use you greatly. He wants to use you immensely. And I have one request. If God has done something in your life this weekend, if he has shown you something, if you have seen him in a new way, if you made that decision to accept Jesus, please, I beg you, let your leader know. Let them know what God did in your life this weekend, what he has shown you. Because as a, as a fellow youth pastor, one of the most encouraging things to us as leaders is to hear when one of our students, when somebody that we've been ministering to, when God is working in their life, share with them, tell them what's been going on. It is such a, a cool thing to see as we see people that we care for and love come to know Jesus and see their life changed. So guys, I pray that God has worked in you. I thank you so much for, for making this so much fun. I want to pray over you. If you would close your eyes and join me in that, I want to pray over you. And then I'm going to release you to go and, and shape the world and, and impact the people around you. Father, I pray for these students. I pray for these young people that have sought after you. They, have, they may have come here in search of a good time. Maybe mom or dad forced them to come. Maybe they were duped into coming here. They said, hey, you get to go on this zip line and, and do all this fun stuff. And then you're like, whoa, this whole Jesus stuff came out of nowhere. But for whatever reason, you have brought this group of students here for this weekend to hear this 
theme, these ideas of the kingdom tapestry. I don't know what it is, but you do. But Father, I pray that the work that you started here would not end here, that you would continue to move and work in the lives of these students, that you would challenge them, you would encourage them. I ask that you would be setting up, that you would be setting up boundaries for them as they go home, that you would be setting up boundaries for them, that they wouldn't fall back into temptation, whether it be a negative image of themselves, whether it be a, a sin that has been kind of creeping into their life, taking over their life, that you would help them to hold back those temptations, that they would continue to make those choices to turn, to repent, to walk in you, to walk out and walk in that love, that you would give each and every one of us the, the strength to love you and to love people, that you would give us the confidence, the boldness to take this message of reconciliation that you've given us and share it with the people around us. But God, you are so good, so good to us. We love you, we praise you, we thank you for all that you have done in and through us this weekend, and we trust you're going to continue to work in our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.